0: Ah, finally a chance to take a break. And just, just watch what I want to watch without having to go fishing in the Bloodstream. And after Evil Within, I need a break. I need something light and fun and, hmm. Oh, I mentioned it in the episode, I should watch Thor Ragnarok. I am way overdue for that. Alright, let's see, start this up, let's go... Huh. No Marvel logo. That's strange. I wonder why they changed things up. Ooh, that could be a sign that something ominous is gonna happen. Uh, this doesn't look right. A wedding? The quality of this. Who? What is this? Ragnarok's cabin? That... that's not what I wanted. They even spelled Ragnarok wrong. How did? Is this the work of? Damn you, evil voice! Ha! 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 Welcome aboard streamers! This is episode 37 of The Bloodstream and I am your host Jason Gray. The Bloodstream is a show where I pick something random on the streaming services like Amazon or Netflix, reel it in, see if it's any good, and give you my thoughts on it in excruciating detail. This week's episode was apparently not chosen by me but instead my evil other half, which seems to be coming out more and more these days. It is a wonderfully short movie coming in at just over an hour long and 10 minutes of that is credits. It's a little thing called Ragnarok's Cabin, as you heard in the intro. And with all that said, let's just cut straight to the synopsis. A newlywed couple arrive at a cottage, already full of people ready to ruin their honeymoon. Then the bodies start piling up. And there is suddenly a blue puppet everywhere, in this cottage horror parody film. (sighs) Damn you evil voice. That's pretty accurate for where this goes. It's not quite parody. It's more comedy than straight-up parody, it doesn't really lampoon the tropes. And that's really my only nitpick with the description, save to say, I really wish the puppet had been more involved in this movie. With the synopsis out of the way, I got nothing else to add, so I am just going to dive right into the trailer, and I'll be back in a minute. We are in a scenario that is classic
1: to every horror movie ever made. If we want to survive, we have to follow these simple rules. Never split up. Never
0: go into the forest.
1: And you don't even want to know about rule number three.
0: That's right. Let's just say to be happy that none of us are
1: virgins. may now kill the bride. Kiss! You can kiss the bride. Kiss her. (laughs) Plant one on it.
0: We open up with the wedding of Jessica to Stanley Corman, and I am just going to let that reference fly, but the wedding itself is a little strange. It does, however, serve to set the tone of the rest of the movie rather nicely, especially when the Justice of the Peace does the kill the bride bit you heard in the trailer. The newlywed Cormans drive around for a bit and eventually arrive at their honeymoon cabin, but there's a lot of junk strewn about the entire place. Which seems more than a little suspicious. Is it the right place? Did the previous tenants not clean it up and the owner not care to bother either? Whatever the cause of the clutter is, they decide they might as well spend a few minutes cleaning the place up, and the movie starts to slip in this low, rumbling, paranormal activity wannabe sound, and suddenly, is that blood? No. It's just ketchup. After cleaning the place up, they start making out as any newlywed couple would do, but suddenly Jess thinks she hears something and they get ready as some people head towards the door. A bunch of people walk in and the newlyweds attack. They attack the people who have been renting this cabin for the last few weeks in the first clip. Who
1: the hell are you? Who the hell are we? Who the hell are you? Man, we rented the cottage like a month ago. Yeah, well, we rented it for the week. Yeah, we've been here since two Mondays ago. Uh, how did you get here? I didn't see a car. Yeah, well, Carol forgot it was her parents' anniversary, so she had to leave to go to a party, but she's coming back. Uh, shut it. up! Uh, you guys gonna have to walk. Pardon me? <laughs> this is our honeymoon. Leave! Yeah, yeah, we only have a few days. And yeah. I not want to spend it with you. Sister, we ain't going nowhere. That's right. We don't even have a car. You have a car. That's right. You guys have a car. You could go. You should go. We are not going home, right, Stan? Well, honey, baby, maybe we should We're not going home. Well, you're not staying here. We paid for this cottage. Yeah, well, we paid first. And you know what they say, finders keepers. And you know what else they say, you're an idiot. Nothing against you guys, but uh, we were here first, and I'm sorry about your honeymoon, but I'm sure when you go back in town, you can sort this all out. And who knows, you might get a free weekend out of it or something. Mm-mm. Baby, he's right. Let's just go. We'll, we'll fix this later. Can we at least stay the night? We've, I've had a couple of beers. Right. Sorry. <sighs> no room. Well, you've got to have at least one small room that you can get to. That's mine. What about the couch? I sleep there. <laughs> Listen, we'll even take the floor. I thought you said you'd take the couch. I have both. Oh, I get it now. I'm getting the message, loud and clear. You guys are a bunch of dicks.
0: Is the entirety of the sound for this movie recorded via the mics on the cameras used to film it? Because it sure sounds like it. With nowhere else to go, the not-so-happy couple head off to sleep in their car. Stanley tries to make time with his wife, and after the day she's had, and the fact that she's sleeping in a car on her honeymoon, she's basically, no, nope, and I can appreciate that. They hear some wailing noise that wakes them up in the morning, and they rush back to the cabin to see what's going on. One of the dicks is missing, and someone says, and then there's that, pointing off camera, and not showing us. So yeah, great job. I'm still not sure what that is, and I've watched it three times. Stanley is all ready to leave with a big pile of nope, But now the dicks are all singing the tune of, No, this stuff all started when you guys showed up, so you're not going anywhere until we figure it out. So, so forced. But suddenly someone's like, Hey guys, look, is that Ross? And everyone rushes down to the docks where his body is laying. One of them blurts out, That is a whole lot of blood. And the camera pans down to Ross to show not much blood whatsoever. They roll Ross over and he's alive. And in his own words, Ross tells us what happened the night before in the next clip. You guys were all in bed. I was having a dream. I had to piss. But I tripped and fell down. Oh, fuck.
1: It was all over me. Oh. So I went outside for some air. I saw the dock down there in the water. It looked so pretty. I wanted to get a closer look. I came down here and figured I'd wash my face off too. But I guess I didn't get that far. I must have passed him. And then new people showed up. With a paddle.
0: Or he would tell us what's going on if the guy banging on the piano would stop. One of the dicks wanders off to do some bird watching, when all of a sudden the cameraman rushes her and she screams. We get introduced to another random couple. Hello, random people! as they're canoeing around in the lake, and they come to shore. They see the killer off in the brush, doing his thing, and, since they're a bit lost, they ask him for directions. Apparently not one to let an opportunity pass him by, the killer rushes them and adds them to his body count. Goodbye, random people! The canoe floats its way down the lake to our group of dicks, and because this exchange is too hilarious not to share, have another clip.
1: Tyler! You'll never guess what I found down at the dock! What, Doc, just come on! Let's go! What the hell's going on? It's a canoe. It's a free one. I found it floating just by the shore there. So why'd you drag me down here? I figured you'd want to take it for a spin. And? You're the only one I know who can fit the free life jackets. It's full of blood. I may have rubbed it on some of Ross's blood. Come on, wash it off and let's take it for a go. If canoe appears out of nowhere with two bloody life jackets and you think I'm the one to take it for a spin, I'm flattered. I have a funny feeling about those two. Stan and Jess. What do you mean? Well for one, they showed up with barely anything but with the clothes on their backs. Was she planning on wearing her wedding dress all weekend? It's their honeymoon. I figured she wasn't planning on wearing anything. And they knew each other for what, a few weeks? And then they got married? That's just wrong. Clearly, you've never made an impulsive, spur-of-the-moment decision in your life. That's not true. I once ordered a fish burger when I really just wanted a cheeseburger. Good comparison. Biggest regret of my life. It was horrible. Sounds like a nightmare. I wish I could go back. My my point is, love can make you do crazy things, and you never know when that's gonna happen. Hey, I got one!
0: Back at the cabin, everyone's playing some card games to kill some time until Jess is done with that, and as she's heading off, she gets fed up with one of the other girls, slaps her in the face, and the pair of them get into a catfight. And like this is straight out of Dynasty, all the guys just stand there and watch the fight go on. And then they start to fantasize about, well, what if they were younger and hotter? On the one hand, I'm questioning, does an hour-long movie really need this kind of padding? But on the other hand, it kinda goes from amazing places. Like while the two younger fantasy versions of the girls start rolling around in the dirt, one rolls over and grabs a chainsaw, the other rolls over and grabs a weed whacker. This is one trippy, if pointless, fantasy. Things escalate in the fantasy until the two women pull out cans of whipped cream to attack each other with, and that's when Jess puts a halt to the fantasy and the actual fight because she's lactose intolerant. Stan has suddenly gone missing, but they find his favorite blue puppet that he's had since he was a kid, and he would never leave that behind. (laughs) Bebo, hungry! No, not you. Skadoot! Later on, Ross is hanging out around the campfire toasting some marshmallows because that's what you do when a bunch of your friends have gone missing because that's what you do when a bunch of your friends and the guy that crashed your cabin has gone missing. He's just about ready to turn in for the night though, when he says, Ah, one more won't kill me. Which is when the killer rolls up to prove him wrong, grabs him from behind, and shoves that last marshmallow down his throat, choking him. The next day everyone decides, you know what, we really ought to go out and see if we can find the girl who went birdwatching. And at the time she went missing, I didn't mention she was deaf, but I mention it now because one of the dicks is holding his arm up in the air and signing her name furiously to call out to her. <laughs> what am I watching? They decide that things are getting too weird, I hear you on that count, friends, and they should leave the cabin. One of them pipes up, okay, I'll go get help. Why does everyone not go? Why do movies keep doing this? But fortunately, he gets to the car, it won't start, and he's not going anywhere, so it's a moot point. Also, random aside, Jess has been doing nothing the entire movie, aside from washing dishes. In her wedding dress. On her honeymoon. I know you gotta give characters stuff to do when there's no action going on, but something other than washing dishes. Meanwhile, I guess it's time to wheel out the trope of, hey, Let's bring in a few more random characters, because we're getting a little bit light on people to kill at this point. So we've got another carload of random people driving up the hill, but they crash into a tree on their way up. Back at the cabin, the survivors decide they need to make sure the house is secure, and while they're checking everything out, they find a bag with a sword in it, which is random they assume might be the killers, despite no one having died by a sword so far. And no one lays claim to it, no one ever does, it's never explained that's the movie for you. Paranoia suddenly and randomly sets in, they grab Jess once again running with the this all happened when you guys showed up here, tie her down to a chair, and the other girl that she got into a fight with earlier finds the absolute hugest gun possible and it is positively a hand cannon. Now that the bride is secured, two of the dicks wander off so they can make out somewhere and randomly stumble upon Ross's dead body. Are you sure he's dead? You fell for it the last time. So once again they decide they gotta get out of there, they untie Jess, head to the car to take her to the authorities and let them sort this out, and... did everyone just forget that not five minutes ago the car was not running? What's the point of this? Of course they get to the car, it doesn't run, and discover the battery is missing. That's when the people from the car crash come limping into the plot, the killer burst back onto the scene with a chainsaw, chases everyone back to the cabin, but one of the dicks doesn't quite make it inside in time and gets gutted with the chainsaw in the most horrible, but hilarious, spray of cheap pixelated blood and it is wonderful, but so bad. Also they are in a log cabin. He has a chainsaw used for cutting logs. This idea is not going to happen in this low budget movie. Because ain't nobody gonna pay for the damages if they decide to hack into someone's cabin with a chainsaw. And I highly doubt they have the budget to mock up a fake wall where the guy can cut in with matching logs. But how amazing would it be for a cabin in the woods movie to feature a guy using a chainsaw for its intended purpose and slice through the logs in the wall? But enough of me diverting to my dream movie, I have this nightmare to deal with one of the new arrivals who also didn't get into the cabin wanders up to the killer to have a bit of a chat in the final clip.
1: Hey, hi there. My name's Randall, what's yours? Huh? Not much for talking? Messy work, murder. (laughs) And I would say, by the amount of blood you got on you, say poor James here was not your first. Your second? Third? Fourth? Higher? Well, that's more like it. I know how to use one of these. Wanna play a game? Take that. The yes.
0: While those two are busy chatting and running around playing guns and chainsaws, brief aside, that sounds like an awesome game. The people who made it inside the cabin start to come up with a plan and decide they have to go get the battery from the crashed car and put it in the other car, while they leave the girl who was injured in the crash behind because she'll slow them down until they get everything set up. While everyone is gone, Randall and the killer wander inside because those two haven't managed to kill each other yet. The killer grabs the injured girl, starts to strangle her, Randall punches the killer in the hoodie, and just as the girl is gratefully hugging him, He grins maniacally and says, Start running. What, why, what is, why is this random guy, random Randy, who showed up 30 minutes late to the movie, without Starbucks, but with a gun, suddenly trying to kill his supposed friends? And why is the guy who has been going around killing people in the movie up to this point, the one trying to stop him? Randall finds Chekhov's sword and runs it through the bathroom door, stabbing the girl in the gut. He then wanders his way down the trail to the wrecked car, so he can deal with the girls trying to get the battery. The girls race back with the battery in hand, and Tyler gets the car running just in time for Randall to run up and blow his brains out. Fortunately the car is now running, Jess is behind the wheel and she runs him over slowly and hilariously. But then the car is suddenly and inexplicably out of gas, the killer shows up, and Jess exits the car. The girls in the back seat can't get out because the car has child safety locks, and the doors are power windows, and neither of them is bright enough to climb into the front of the car. The missus runs off with the car's cigarette lighter, hugs the killer, removes his hoodie, and of course it's Stan, who disappeared ages ago. She drops the lighter in what I presume is a trail of gasoline, and the car hilariously explodes into a Compton CGI fire that almost engulfs the newlyweds themselves, And that is pretty much Ragnarok's Cabin because it cuts the credits after the car explosion. I'm not going to be too harsh on this because it's obviously a horror comedy. I really needed something shorter and lighter than last week's movie of The Evil Within, and I may have swung a bit too far in the other direction, because in a lot of ways the comedy in this doesn't quite work for me. They're not quite jokes, it's not quite funny situations, it's just weirdness and randomness for the sake of being weird and random. Which I still find entertaining, it just doesn't quite come off as funny to me. And the puppet. What's the deal with the puppet? He's mentioned prominently in the synopsis, doesn't really do anything in the plot aside from be a signal that, oh, Stan must still be around, he would never leave his puppet behind. And I could deal with it on that level, I could deal with it as as a, a little character touch for Stan. But they keep having the puppet move, and react, and do stuff in the movie like it's actually alive and no one else notices except for the audience. Angus Buu even gets his own credit in the end. Quite frankly, the puppet should have been the star, more of the focus, maybe even the killer of the movie. Now that would have been something. Also, I'm not that much of a fan of everyone throwing out the suspicion of wait. None of this started happening until the newlywed married couple showed up out of nowhere, so it must be their fault, and have it repeatedly brushed aside until it's revealed, oh wait, everyone was right the entire time. And honestly, I'm not sure how much sense it makes in the end, but it's a horror comedy so it doesn't have to hang together all that well. The horror in this isn't actually too bad, it's got a few good kills, even if it's accompanied with goofy CGI blood. The plot's okay, but could've been thought out a bit more, maybe the joke's punched up a bit more this is a good start and is very much an idea that feels like a group of people said hey we got a camera or two we got a bunch of friends we got an idea let's go out have a fun weekend and film a movie and that's fine and it comes off fine on that level but nothing in this movie makes a lick of sense you're not watching this for the plot you're watching it for fun a goofy hour to kill time with things just happen to happen and cause a few laughs if you go into the movie with that spirit in mind, you'll probably have fun with this. It's an hour of silliness and WTF fun. I don't hate it, but there's better examples of this sort of thing out there that you could be watching. And that wraps it up on episode 37 of The Bloodstream. If you've enjoyed listening to me yell at a movie for a half hour or so, and this week I think I might actually come close to that time again, then you can find all the episodes over at triskadecafiles.com TBS. We're also on all your favorite podcasting clients such as Apple Music, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio. All you gotta do is search for The Bloodstream and we're the podcast that is not about medicine. I've also got a Tumblr page at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. You can search for us on Facebook and find the Facebook group where I like to post about what's going on with the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns for the show, or you just have a movie you'd like me to check out, you can leave me a comment at any of those places and I will see it, or you can send me an email directly at phoenix, F-O-E-N-I-X, at gmail.com. That's Phoenix with an F. So once again, I'd like to thank you for listening, and I will leave you with these words of wisdom. When you make reservations at a romantic cabin getaway, always make sure it's not been double-booked. You will either spend the weekend in a horror movie, or a Hallmark Christmas movie. Take care, and keep streaming.